This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Welcome to another thrilling installment of the Weirdly Enough podcast. Uh, Remember to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get it as soon as it drops every Monday morning or pretty much every Monday morning. Sometimes we don't record one, but often we do. We also have weird shorts and that comes out on a Friday. Uh, first thing on a Friday morning, you can download the weird shorts podcast so you can keep updated all the time. Also do uh, like us on Facebook. We're Weirdly Enough Podcast if you search for Facebook. And Weirdly Enough PC is our Twitter handle as well. You can get in touch podcast at weirdlyenough.com if you've got anything you want to discuss. This week it's all about out of place artifacts. I'm going to turn the light on because it's, it's winter evenings now. It's getting quite dark. It's so getting is really that, dark. Is really that early? better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm joined uh, with Len Johnson here in the studio today. I'm Andy Cain. Len, uh, so today we're talking about out-of-place artifacts. Yeah. Tell us a bit about this. Well, I was searching for different topics um, because, I mean, one of the things that's sort of changing as we go forward is I didn't expect us to be going as long as us. <laughs> Why not? Because, Did you not well, fail for that? No, no it's not that. It's just I, I was worried about loads of things. I was worried about, you know, restrictions coming on. And I was worried about, you know, the wells of inspiration drying up. Well, they never will dry up. There's always and I was something worried, weird to talk about. And I was about. worried about some serendipitous yeah, bad thing happening to kind of knock off, of course. But no, it appears we're still planning on. Uh-huh. Good. So, which is good. Yes. Uh-huh. But it brings its own challenges in the sense that we need to keep going with ideas here. And why not? Yeah. But sometimes ideas come from the most unusual places. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I got a little candle up on my phone. Okay. And I would download just random books that I come across that I do, are yeah. interest uh-huh. because some of them are uber cheap you buy yourself a proper Kindle there good I know but then I'd have like five around the things it's kind of like if if it's on your phone it's like a one stop shop I like my Kindle when I'm lying in bed and then my phone when I'm out and about to read stuff I suppose so and they synchronise so whatever page you stop it'll start on the other device on that page here that's an idea maybe one of the listeners could buy me a Kindle yes uh-huh, yeah. You know, the thank me for all the, the product, you know, uh-huh. that we're, we're pumping out. But anyway, um, getting off topic, but basically um, I came across a very interesting little book, and it was um, f- 500 writing prompts. Okay, right. And writing basically prompts. it was different, you know, like for, say, for people who want to try their hand at creative writing. Yeah. And it was all these random little prompts uh-huh. of different genres. Okay. So some of them were like science fiction, some of them were like mysteries and thrillers and whatnot. Yes. But on the mystery and thriller you section. You start writing a book then. One of the, I'm just saying there's a point to this, believe it or not. But one of the little prompts was, because it was all little concepts. You know, little okay. vignettes, yeah. and that was uh-huh. to get you to kind of oh, write for 20 minutes on this topic kind of thing. But one of the ideas was um, archaeologists are exploring a time in Egypt, and they uncover a sarcophagi that's been sealed, right. and then they find an iPhone. Oh, right. And that's that's quite an intriguing idea. Yeah. And then it reminded me, there's been a bit that of... That wasn't a real thing, no. No, that's okay. just an imaginary oh, yeah. prompt. So then that's you it. write for half an hour. Yeah. You, if you want to be the new Dan Brown or whatever, yeah, you know, okay. that's not your idea, like, you know. Oh, yeah. um, 
Anyway, but this is a whole thing where people have found stuff that really shouldn't have been there. Um, now, one of the, I'll just run through a few examples. Um, one of the examples is in 1968, um, archaeologist William Donato um, did multiple dives because he discovered a wall um, in regular ships that looks like a man-made wall off the coast of the Bahamas. Right. And he thinks it's 12,000 to 19,000 years old. Okay. And it was built to protect a prehistoric settlement from waves. So he thinks it was built in ancient times by an ancient civilization, but you know, during the Ice Age when the, the sea levels would have been much lower. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now obviously the, the sea's covering it. So you know, an interesting thing. Um, Eugene Shin, a retired geologist, he worked for the US Geological Survey, um, has said core rock samples he took showed its depth towards deep water. Um, and if all the cores show a dip toward deep water, this would prove the rock formed where it is and did not form elsewhere to be transported by humans at its present location. It's a bit of a funny one, thus, because they didn't like date it, so yeah. they're just kind of surmising this. So, so it's not, you know, not really. Some of these ones I think are more convincing than others. Uh, 19- but were, were there original settlers in the Bahamas back then to build this? Well, you see, that's the other thing as well, because it depends, you know, I, f- I think it was about that time that people came in from Asia, you know, over yeah. the land bridge, okay. you know, the, the original inhabitants of the Americas, you know. Okay. Um, now, this, this is sort of, it's within the bounds of kind of possibility, like, you know, but then you get into kind of crazier ones, like in 1961, uh, in Ochilanda, California, um, there's people out searching for geodes for their jam shop. Yeah. So they wanted to go out <laughs> and find geodes which is a kind of precious stone or whatever yeah, uh-huh. um but a, a virginia maxley um discovered a spark plug and cast in a geode right in the geode in the geode yeah. um now apparently a geologist examined the fossils around the device in the geode and dated this at five hundred thousand years or older right so basically the spark plug must have been there 500,000 years ago. What's the geode? Some sort of rock? Yeah. It must be. I'm not really like a... Yeah. What's the word? Geologist. Right. Okay. I would, but the, it, it must be some sort of precious stone. Yeah. Because they were looking for it for their wee shop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, you see, this is where I get away, but sceptical, because, handily enough, the guy was never named. Right. So this is an unnamed geologist. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, do you have anything on the London Hammer? I might do. Um, yes, London, Texas. Yeah, London, right. Texas. A hundred million year old hammer. Hammer was found in 18, sorry, 1934 in London, Texas, encased in stone that formed around it. And the rock, they reckon, is a hundred million years old. Yeah. So okay. how did the hammer get in there? Um, it was found by Max Hamm and his female friend while out walking. Right. Sure you were, Max. You <laughs> know, that's the uh, metal hammerhead is yeah. approximately six inches long and has a diameter of one uh, inch, leading some to suggest it was a hammer uh, used for large projects. Uh, not used for large projects, but, but soft metal work. But a million years old, it was inside a rock. How did it get inside the rock? That is so strange. Yeah. It yeah. is a bit weird. Um, there's one I like here. According to ancient Indian legend, King Rama built a bridge between India and Sri Lanka more than a million years ago. <laughs> and they think they found a bridge that links India and Sri Lanka. And it can be seen from satellite images. Right. 
Uh-huh. So again, the debate is, is it a natural formation or is it a natural bridge? Was it King Rama's book bridge? Um, one of the things that I find quite interesting though is you say in like ancient and then legend, um, like the Bank of Gavita and stuff like that. Yeah. There's tales of what to modern eyes probably like, like, like nuclear war. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this leads on to, it's like a lot of episodes in Weird Line Off. Um, is that, is that the one? Is that the, that's the bridge taken from now. See, it's interesting. Uh, is it just random rocks or is it your man's bridge? Yeah. That is strange. How there's, far there's is something the there? distance between India and Sri Lanka? God, I couldn't tell you. Like, it's, it's, it's 30, far enough. 30 miles long. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I suppose that'd be the same from here to Scotland. Yeah. It'd be a bit mm-hmm. more lucky. Like, but, um, no, if you like it, things like the bad, bag of Ida, there's like what appears to be like nuclear weapons and, and things like that. Um, but it's like a lot of episodes and weirdly enough, they all kind of link into each other after a while because remember we did about the mud flood? Yeah, mud flood. And yeah. one thing I do, like I'm not saying any of these are, are real necessarily, but one of the things I often think about is I think civilization is a lot more cyclical than people realize. Right, okay. I think, you know. So we've been round before. I before. think we've been round the rodeo a few times. Mm. I don't know how advanced we've got, mm. but I think, you know, it's like. One of the things people often say is, if there's some sort of cataclysm that happened tomorrow, what would be left after a million years? Yeah. Because, like, all the technology, that's hardly going to be there after a million years. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if people didn't know how to recreate it, then yeah. maybe. Yeah. And if people did survive away. in a more primitive state, they tell these legends about the ancients. Yes. And the ancients uh-huh. were like gods because they could talk to people thousands of miles away. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So who used to say these ancient legends, they weren't just like ancient people doing like internet stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or their equivalent of the internet, you know? And then the, your pyramids that are built in like yeah, Lima yeah. and Egypt and, and kind of resemble the same things. Yeah, you know? yeah. So what other weird things have uh, popped up in embedded in rock? Yeah, there's another one. In France in the 18th century, um, quarrymen came across tiles stuck in a layer of limestone 50 feet underground. And the wind, the wind instruments were so ancient they turned into like a hard stone. All right. Uh-huh. Kind of fossilized. Yeah. And again, it takes thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Uh-huh. For that to happen, you know. Um, another famous one is the Baghdad battery. I've heard of this a lot. Yeah. And this is, battery. this is, it's three objects that were found together, a ceramic pot, a tube of copper and a rod of iron. And it was discovered in Iraq. Um, and they think it was the 150 BC or something okay. like that, you know. Uh, um, its origins and purpose aren't clear. Some people think that it could have been a galvanic cell that was possibly used for electroplating or some kind of electrotherapy. Right. Um, so even back then they knew about electroplating. So it could have been something like that. Other people think it was just for storing scrolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very kind of uh, open to interpretation. Another funny one is in eighteen fifty two there's a guy called John Buchanan. He presented a mysterious object at a meeting of the Society of Antiquaries in Scotland and he found a drill bit buried in coal, um about twenty two inches thick, mixed with boulders about seven feet thick. Now they think the coal same formed hundreds of millions of years ago. Um and the society decided the instrument was of a modern level of advancement. Mm. So, again, it's one of these things. What what is it doing there? Yeah, exactly. You know, so 
Yeah, it's a bit of a funny... There's, there's weird ones as well. Um, in 132 AD, there's a Chinese scientist called Zhang Hang. Mm. He created the world's first semioscope, which is basically a fancy word for an earthquake detector. Right. Uh-huh. Um, now, they've not made real because of us. It seems to work. Right. Which is really weird. Um, and apparently in, in the year 138 AD, it correctly indicated that an earthquake occurred 300 miles west of Luoyang, which was the capital city. Um, no one had felt the, the quake in Yaolang, and they said this was rubbish. And then a few days later, a messenger came from the, the area that was affected, saying yeah. there's been a, an earthquake and I need help. Yeah. And that was recorded. Wow. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. seems that by the replicas and by what happened, it seems that that's your work, uh, which is like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. before yeah. earthquake detectors were uh, were a thing, you know, <laughs> which is quite quite un- interesting. Uh-huh. There's another then one. That's not you know something misplaced. Strangely, that's that. Yeah, that's somebody like, a bit ahead of his time, really, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that's slightly slightly a, 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 a different sort of thing, you know. Um, I mean, there is an idea as well. There's, I mean, you get into kind of weird ideas about time not being a linear thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, there is a scale of thought that says that time does not exist. Okay. And that everything actually happens simultaneously, mm. but just in different frequencies. Right. And that's why you get the phenomenon of people knowing about things before they happen. Yeah. They're just tuning in the different frequencies. frequencies. It's like, say, for talk's sake, if you, I mean, it's like Nostradamus yes. had all these kind mm-hmm. of pro- prophecies of what happened uh-huh. in the future. Yeah. Maybe these things had already actually happened. Right, okay. On a different frequency. Into so he's frequency. just tapping into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Well, they would kind of have to have already happened for him to be able to predict them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean in a strange kind of way. <clears throat> and have you ever heard of the Perry Reyes map? No, what's that? It's a very bizarre thing. There was a, a guy, a Turkish admiral, called Perry Reyes. Yeah. Uh, and in the 16th century, he did like a world map. Okay. And some people think it actually depicts Antarctica. All right. Um, in a, a very remote age before it was covered with ice. Because Antarctica, I don't think it was actually discovered until, I think it was Captain Scott. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the time century, discovered um, Antarctica, um, and there was a guy called Lorenzo Burrows. He, as a U.S. Air Force captain, um, wrote a letter in 1961 saying this landmass seems to accurately show Antarctica's coast as it is under the ice because they've only sort of discovered that really in the past fifty years right, yeah. through like geophysical surveys and stuff. What it actually looks like under the ice. Right. Uh-huh. Or, you know, what they think it looks like under the ice. So, but this map seems to be reasonably accurate. 15, the 1500s. Yeah. Now, nice. I, I mean, in, fa- in the 16th century, it would have been covered with ice. Right. So the uh-huh. question is, kind of, where did he get that knowledge from? Be, yeah. Uh-huh. And thus, he's been digging around in some ancient record yeah. uh-huh. of some ancient city. Because then you get into ideas of, like, yeah. Atlantis and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's all very, it's all pretty strange when you, when you get into it, like, you know. Um, yeah, there's a few, and this is a crazy one here. This is, I don't know about this, this is a bit strange. 1972, factory in France gets uranium ore from a place called Oklo in the Gabon Republic in Africa, which I don't know stocks us. Um, apparently this uranium had already been extracted. 
and they find the site of origin to be functioning as a large-scale nuclear reactor that they think was going on the go 1.8 billion years ago. <laughs> right. Um, now, there's a guy called Glenn Seaborg. He is a f- seems to be a credible person because yeah. he's a former head of the United States Atomic Energy Commission. Okay. And he's a Nobel Prize winner. So he knows his stuff. So he knows uh, his stuff. Yeah. And he won it for his work in synthesis of heavy elements. And he thinks it wasn't a natural phenomenon. He says it must be a man-made nuclear reactor. Because he says, for again, I'm going on trust here because yeah. I don't, I'm not like scientific, so I don't, I don't know about this sort okay. of stuff. Uh-huh. But he says, for uranium to burn in a reaction, you need very precise conditions, such as the water needs to be very pure, uh, and much purer than you can have in nature. Right. Um, you also need UT35, which is necessary for the fission to occur. Yeah. Um, and basically, over him and other scientists think there's no way this could all be being prepared naturally. Right. So therefore, someone or something was operating a nuclear reactor a billion years ago. Flipped. But then, if you say again, I would, I definitely think there is something in that because it may not be like the aliens or anything like that. It could just be human beings that have got very advanced. Yeah. And been destroyed. Because there's too much But stuff. if you look into the science of evolution yeah. and stuff, you know, 1.8 billion years ago, there was microbial life, perhaps, on yeah. Earth, and there wasn't anything else there, so... But, the, but then it's been... It's always, it's always reviewed, because, I mean, it's like, in the seven-time century, they used to think the world was created 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then that was obviously revised, you uh-huh. know? Okay. So and and there's definitely there's too many even in the Bible and things like that you know there's too much references to things that kind of grow up and then fall yeah. down again you know so there's definitely something in that. Um, the ancient Egyptian light bulb. Um, there's a place called the Temple Temple of Hathor in in Egypt, and there's a painting which depicts figures standing around a large light bulb like object. <laughs> Eric von Daniken, who's the guy that wrote Charts of Gods, created a model of the bulb which works when connected to the power source and emits an airy purplish light. Right. So, but I think that's kind of a bad. So they made they had a light bulb out in ancient Egypt. In ancient yeah. Egypt, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Some of these are strangely enough. The thing that at first glance seems the most absurd, you know, like the billion-year-old reactor, in a weird kind of way. May actually be the more convincing when okay. you look at that. Yeah. Well, at least at least scientists are saying, you know, because it's the guy that was like the head of the the um, yeah energy uh-huh. commission. Uh-huh. So yeah, basically, if there's any of the uh, what's our policy again, the the, the weird bunch, the weird bunch. Yeah. If there's uh-huh. if they've any uh, ideas about this, you know, send it yes. under the, the email address at weirdly enough dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, very interesting. Even that. But when I used to hear about the Baghdad battery, I thought it was like a double A sitting somewhere, you know. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. You think, oh, you can just pop it into your, yeah, your iPhone yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it's some sort of weird electroplating. But the tools and things are very strange. You know, the hammer and, and stone and, and different things like that. Very odd. How together. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back in a moment or two with our weird shorts. So it's very heavy cat uh, related, weirdly enough, this week. For This first one here is about Fremantle in Western Australia, where cats are to be banned from roaming outdoors if a new law proposed by the council gets the green light. 
Research shows that domestic cats who aren't allowed to roam live longer lives. However, the legislation is mainly to protect wildlife from the prowling predators. The chairman of the Western Australia Feral Cat Working Group, Tom Hatton, gave a presentation to the council highlighting that domestic urban cats kill 30 times more wildlife than adult uh, cats in the wild. Fremantle Council are now advocating walking your cat on a lead. And a local councillor, Aden Lang, told Perth now that in the 70s, dogs would roam our streets uh, for free. And I expect now cats uh, roaming free will be a thing of the past. So there you go. Indeed. indeed. Yeah. And the book has finally been returned to a public library in Boise, Idaho, 110 years late. The book was called The New Chronicles of Rebecca by Kate Wiggins, first published in 1907 and finally returned to the library. Uh, officials have calculated the late fee to be over $800. Please tell them they didn't charge them. I would crack up if they didn't. This is based on, so a, on a message printed inside the book stating that late fees would be charged at $0.02 cents per day. However, the library doesn't charge late fees any more uh, than the cost of the book, which is $1.50. And then anyway, the library totally did away with late fees in 2019. What was the name of the book again? Uh, the Chron- New Chronicle- Chronicles of Rebecca. The New Chronicles of yeah. Rebecca. That sounds quite intriguing. What was that about? It might have been that. Who wrote? It was Daphne de Maurier wrote Rebecca. So it might have been like. Could be. A fan fiction kind of thing. I don't know. I think, uh, I think Daphne de Maurier was later, though. I think she was like 1940s or something. Who like wrote that? Rebecca? I think it was Daphne de Maria. It might have been a different... Right, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it might have been. (laughs) And in Texas, a woman has uh, found herself facing felony charges after a videotape of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, which was rented in 1999, was never returned. (laughs) Karen McBride applied to renew her driving license during the pandemic, but was uh, informed by the DMV that there's an outstanding warrant against her in the state of Oklahoma. She was stunned. She said she didn't even like the, the Teenage Witch. And this, Appar- did you have the video kicking about? No, it was rented by her roommate, apparently. Oh, right. But it's mad a felony charge for that. You're not a big fan of pizzas, are you? Not really. We've no. talked about this no. before. Uh, well, here's one change you, you might like. This is from, from Bangkok in Thailand, where one of the major food changes... Uh, one of the major major food um, chains have launched a promotional pizza called the Crazy Happy Pizza. Right. The secret ingredient is a cannabis leaf. <laughs> Crazy and happy. However, it's legal yeah. and it won't get you high. Yeah. The company's general manager said yeah. in an interview, it's just a marketing campaign. You can taste the cannabis uh, and if you have enough of it, it might make you sleepy. Okay, but random. Cannabis is also infused into the cheese crust of the pizza, and uh, it's even an ingredient in the pizza dipping sauce. A nine inch pie will cost 499 baht, which is about $15, so that's quite dear for a pizza. The crazy happy pizza. Yeah. However, you can choose to have two or three leaves included as a topping on any pizza for 100 baht, and that's about $3. Thailand is the first country in Southeast Asia to legalize certain parts of cannabis and allow them to be used in food and beverages. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. And we were talking about the cat earlier on. Here's another cat story. A commercial flight from the Sudanese capital of Khartoum 
to Doha in Qatar had to make an emergency landing after the pilot was attacked and he was attacked by a cat. Uh, the plane had to return to Khartoum around an hour after the departure after a feline passenger appeared in the cockpit and started to claw the pilot. Officials were stumped as to how the animal boarded the plane but it uh, thought it was sleeping in the hangar overnight and stowed away during the night. It's unclear how injured the pilot was but he took the decision to return the aircraft after members of the crew failed to corral the cat. It's actually it's happened before. Um, a cat stowed away on board an aircraft on a flight from Brussels to Vienna. There were sixty-two people on board the flight in two thousand and four, uh, and uh, the pilot was also attacked. And in twenty nineteen, security staff at the Isle of Man Airport discovered a feline stowaway in passengers' luggage. The owner said that they were shocked at the discovery. She must have snuck into the bag before we left for the airport. We didn't hear or feel anything on the journey. But if you believe that, you m- might believe anything. I think they were trying to get their pet on for hmm. free, perhaps. Very there you strange. go. Very yeah, strange. very strange. Uh, we should be back again uh, next week with more, weirdly enough. We might, we were talking about taking a Christmas break, but I think we'll push on. We, we we'll shall push see. on. Yeah. So, but if we do disappear for a couple of weeks, you'll know we were taking a bit of a Christmas break. Uh, there you go. Have a, have a great week, folks, and we'll talk to you again soon.